Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com And welcome into today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! Podcast. I'm your host, Sonny, here with Caleb. How are you doing, Caleb? Doing pretty good. Cannot complain about that. Um, so we are this this episode is for Tuesday, July 27th. And we're gonna be honest with you. We don't have a lot going on here. Not, yeah, it's like the first week in a long time where there just hasn't been anything. I mean, there's some Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, 7s stuff, like a new ar- like a new archetype, new archetype, look at me, uh, new, mega- new mechanic, quote-unquote, and a new monster type. Yeah, and... <sighs> it's fusions. It's just straight-up fusions, and the new monster type is Cyborg. And the only... It's cool and all, but the only thing about that is that it's just... It's part of Rush Duel... Which yeah. isn't a thing in the States yet. 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 We will be getting at, get, at least getting it in video game form soon. So then maybe it'll matter. Yeah, hopefully soon it'll matter. Uh, here we... I don't know exactly when it'll matter, but soon. Um, in the meantime, though, we do have other things that we can bring you. We have... Today will be the OCG metagame report. So we'll just be talking about some of the stuff going on in the OCG because realistically, yeah, they're two sets ahead of us, but um, it can give us an idea of what's coming, right? Yeah. Particularly because they just got uh, Flundries and Zhang Zhang. Right, right. So they're they're running. They are they already have Burst of Destiny. Mm-hmm. So which we're getting in like two weeks, three weeks. Yeah. So their their meta game is completely and totally different from ours. Wait, no, we're getting Dawn of Majesty in, like, three weeks. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, we'll be getting Burst of Destiny in, like, October. Right. And they have the Synchro Storm structure. I mean, the Synchro Storm set, too. Yeah, which we won't be getting until... January. January. January 21st, I want to say? 
think so. It's like mid-January. Okay. Well, in the meantime, the only other thing that there is to talk about is um, we have some of the artwork for the Grand Creators, which is... The artwork is basically just... Um, an armored- Two new monsters, a rock monster with a giant battle axe, and an elven sorceress. So, it, it really does look like there's a chance that they lean into this as with a... Uh, remember how we were talking about the potential of there to be a yeah. Lord of the Rings archetype? Yeah, or yeah. that style of fantasy. Yeah. So, uh, and then after the OCG metagame report, we will have a kind of a breakdown of some of the decks that we think are really underrated right now. Uh, we want to thank uh, a listener for suggesting that because this that was a listener-suggested mm-hmm. topic. And thank you so much for that. And we hope that... You guys enjoy it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the first thing to talk about, uh, you want to just go right into the OCG metagame report? Uh, yeah, yeah, let's just go right into it. Okay, cool. So the the thing to think about here is that, like we said, there there are two sets ahead of us. So it automatically makes their entire metagame look different. But even more so is that uh, their ban list is very different. So some of the tournaments that we have to go off of here, um, we have some like 60-man tournaments and like, some 2v2s with 29 teams, so another 58-man tourney. Uh, here's another 58. Um, but they've got about about a dozen and a half tournaments to look at here. But the really interesting things here is the metagame breakdown. And this is for the 17th of July through the 21st of July. So this would be the last week. Um, you've got... And all this information is coming from Road of the King. It's a great, great, great tool for doing looking at OCG meta game stuff, because like realistically, uh, we it's the only place to get this information for us. So, but this is a um, the this the most recent meta game breakdown is heavily so fifteen percent Zhang Zhang. Um, 13% Prank Kids, 11, 11.7% Virtual World, 8% Drytron, 5% Eldritch, 5% Flunderies, 5% Orcist, 5% Shadow, 5% Tri-Brigade, and 26% Others. So this is like Magician, Hero, Dragon Maid, Dragon yeah. Link, Endymion, Evil Twin. Zephra, Phantom Knight. Yeah. Uh, Ad Emancipator, stuff like that. Yeah. So... Looking at this, what what about this really sticks out to you, Caleb? Well, the fact there are so many Zhang Zhang cards, and I do believe... Uh, yes, here we go. First place was, in fact, uh, a, 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 uh, was in fact a player who goes by the name of C, went 7-0 with Zhang Zhang. Right, they got, so... Zhang Zhang got first. Right, and it was actually an eight-round tournament. Uh, he went 7-0 because he had a bye at one point. Yeah. Um, so, so, for those that don't know, Zhang Zhang is coming out in Burst of Destiny. It's, it's like a Synchro Summon mechanic. And... The deck the deck has no tuners. Yeah, so it's all about, um, like, synchroing into level 8s and 10s. And the tuners that... 
they use are actually all the level fours and stuff. When they summon, they summon uh, a token, and the token is a tuner. Yep. So, but um, it's really interesting to me to see some of the side deck options, but we'll, we'll get into that. Yeah. Um, this is a good example of the Zhang Zhang deck. Uh, they've got uh, three of one of the level sixes, three of one of the level fours, three of another one of the level fours, three dog, three of the new Ecclesia card. Uh, not Dogmatica Ecclesia, just like Ecclesia, the... Uh, the Maiden of White or something like right, that. Right, right. Uh, one Nib, uh... Triple Maxi, Triple, uh, Ash, Ash Blossom. One Ghost Bell. Uh, double Gamma and a Driver, because they're only allowed two Gammas. Uh, is, is Gamma semi-limited over there? Yeah! Gross. Yeah. It's uh, weird, and people still run it. Yeah, some of the exclusive Zhang, some of the Zhang Zhang spells... Uh, uh, triple desires. Yep. Two call by. Two Could, cross out. Uh, one uh, inf- instant fusion. instant fusion, and their instant fusion target. I do not recognize that card. Neither do I. Hmm. Must be something new in Burst of Destiny or something. Uh, and then three of the Zhang Zhang trap and three and uh two empire. So this is what forty one. Yeah, forty one. Uh, the extra deck is a lot of the Zhang Zhang tr- monsters. Uh, interesting that he's running a Colossal Fighter. That is interesting. And a Crimson Blader. Yeah. Um, I get the, uh, the two, uh, uh, what's it called? Something Defluer? No, 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 no. That's the Zhang Zhang level 10. Oh, no, no, no. Because he's running, uh, Qi Zhao, the Zhang Zhang Grand Swordmaster, and Baroness Defluer as well. Oh, so that's the new... Yeah, that's the... The new level 10 Fleur monster. Yes. From... So yeah, the one at the very end—that's uh—that's the Swordmaster. The one, oh. the two right before, he's running two Baroness de Fleur. Yeah, I see that now. And he's also running, obviously, he's running the uh Omega. Yeah. Oh, he's also running a number one hundred Numeron Dragon because he's also running Dragoobleon and Hope Harpinger. So it realistically yeah I could gives e- them an I OTK could, potential through that. Yeah, I could easily see them making two level tens, overlaying them into two eights. Two yeah, two eights. Overlaying to Dragoobleon yeah. and then summon Numeron Dragon. Yep. And that's like 9,000 damage. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah that's some definite OTK potential there. Yeah, for sure. Scarily consistent. Yeah. Uh, the deck's really good, honestly. Um, it sounds simple to say, but... Yeah. I mean, uh, it's a synchro archetype that every single every single time one of their non-tuners gets a normal or special summon, they also get a level 2 tuner to go with it. Right. That's kind of ridiculous. Um, the side deck is really interesting to me. They are running <coughs> the one pank, one nib. So that's is that the, third, that, that, the second nib? Yeah, it's the second nib. Uh, three Lancia, one Scythe, one Skullmeister, um, three Lightning Storm, one Duster, three Sanctum, one Red Reboot. So I'm assuming that. <coughs> Okay, and if if you're wondering what the thing is with some of the weird ratios, like one ghost bell in the main, one nib in the it, main, it's for it's because of a cross designator. designator, right? Um, and then one skullmeister in the side. If they plan on seeing skullmeister, they can deck into the one skullmeister, especially yeah. if it's like the drytron matchup. They can deck into the one skullmeister, and then they can uh, stop the skullmeister from. Or yeah, they can either cross that designator the skullmeister, or they can uh, use it to hit their opponent if they're playing against like drytron. Yeah. Um. But the artifact package is really interesting because essentially you can deck into a seven card artifact package if you're going first. And it would allow you to like theoretically like scythe lock your opponent or you can Lancia to like prevent tri brigades from banishing and stuff. Oh yeah. So um 
but the, the Zhang Zhangs are they're dominant over there. They're it's a really good deck. Oh yeah, um, and then it's also, of course, another common uh, thing that people are doing are mixing Zhang Zhang with Tenyi because they're all worms. Right, right. Um. So the summoning of tokens does improve the consistency because basically, as long as you can summon a non-tuner, they automatically summon a tuner with it. But it could also be a weakness because something like Imperm can deny the tuner. And therefore deny the synchro summon. Or the card that I think would be broken here is Token Collector. Oh, yeah? Because Token Collector can destroy the token and stop the tokens from being special summoned. So then they have to out the Token Collector. How big is Token Collector? Um... I don't know off the top of my head. Because yeah, I, I, cause I'm not sure he's very big. Let me... I, I, I've got one. Yeah. Like, handy. Yeah, okay, that's good. Uh, yeah, 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 because I think the, yeah, because the Zhang Zhang monsters are, uh, on normal sum, are surprisingly beefy. Like, 17, 18, or... Token Collector is 2,000 defense. Okay, okay, cool. So special them in defense mode, uh, as per his effect, and yeah, you'll be fine. Should uh, be fine. You'll be, be fine against any of the normal summons. Uh, if they get the level 6 out, that could be an issue. Yeah, yeah, because I think it's a 2300 can run over Token Collector. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, another option is Book of Mooning the Token Collector, imperming the Token Collector before you summon. Uh, is there anything else about this that stands out to you? Uh, I think running three of the Ecclesia, the uh, Maiden in White or whatever it's called, yeah. is really interesting. Oh, yeah. I wish I knew what that fusion monster was, because that, that'd be also good to know. It might be... Um, maybe one of the, maybe it's a, a level four dark non-effect fusion. Oh no, it might not be no effect, but it's a level four. It's, it's interesting to me that if they're running instant fusion, that they're not running the uh, millenniumize restrict. It might be a case of not enough extra deck space. They had one space and they really wanted to put it, put that in its place because then let's say you, they normal summon get the tuner and they and you out the monster and they're sitting there with a level 2 tuner they can instant fusion into that and still synchro into a level 6. Okay, so the level 4 is uh magicy summon beast. Oh gosh, uh Ancilla Ancilla Labalus. Okay. Or, uh if the, uh you can once returning you target one opponent's attack position monster with the same attribute as a normal monster or magic key monster in your graveyard. Change it to defense position, and if you do, it loses a thousand defense. Oh, it's a tuner. Oh, it's a level four tuner. Okay, it's literally just a level four tuner. Okay, it's, okay, it's, it's just okay that you can replace that with any level four fusion tuner. There's not very many of them. It's yeah, it's literally just an extender. Yeah, because you can instant fusion. Well, no, you can also see monster Theseus is level five tuner. But the thing is, level four works better yeah. with this particular deck yeah. for the numbers. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I thought he was. I don't know why I thought the Sea Monster Theseus was level five. Was level four? He's five. Yeah. Oh well, it might it might be the only level four tuner monster, tuner fusion. Uh, realistically, it might be. Yeah. Uh, so the next thing is Prank Kids. That's the next deck to talk about. Um, I don't know that there's a ton to talk about with this deck. I know that uh, this one went five one and one. If it got first in a uh, fifty eight participant team to- team tournament, um, he did. He mained one imperm. So he, he was on three Roxies, three Lampsies, three Fansies, three Dropsies, um, mm-hmm. one Nib, three Maxi, three Ash, one Ghost, and the Gamma package, which almost the same card. The same. 
literally the same ratios, 12 engine monsters and the exact same hand trap lineup as the other guy. Huh. Maybe they know each other. Maybe. Um, then he's on three of the, is that <clears throat> the quick play pandem prank kids pandemonium, which I think is the fusion spell. Uh, one prank kids pranks, which is the continuous spell three prank kids place the field spell. Now three cross set designator, two called by, uh, two polymerization, one thunder dragon fusion. That is interesting. <clears throat> one, one for one, one harpy's feather duster and one imperm. The one for one is super interesting because they can send one of the other ones to their grave and use fan and summon fanzies and they have a starter. Oh. Because fanzies is level one. Okay. So um, they're running one of the rocket ride, one weather washer, two battle butler, one totally awesome, which they can hard make using two dropsies. Yeah. Um, then they have. Three meow meow moo, two of the link to wind. I think that's doodle doodle do. Yeah. Um, one is that bow wow bark. One verte anaconda. One rip roar and roller coaster. One of the access code and one uh nightmare unicorn. So, um, extra deck is, I mean the side deck is this normal stuff. One pank, two um nib. Three Lancia, two Cosmic, two Droplet, two Evenly, three Lightning Storm. So the thing that the thing that sticks out to me about this deck is that they're not running the Adamantibator build. Um, a lot of people, that's something we'll talk about a little bit later. Yeah. But um, For better was, or worse. Right. It was pretty common that uh, to do an Adamantibator prank kids deck. But I think realistically this is probably the best version of this deck right now because you can run like 10 and traps and you can run... Uh, your whatever other tech cards you want. This is also 41, which I think is realistically fine because you're running essentially um, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 starters. Yeah. If you include one for one in the three prank kids place and 16 starters, you should have like a 92% chance or 90% chance, something like that, of opening a starter. Something like that. You would think anyway. Yeah, you would think. Oh, yeah, it's in actual practice, it's probably much lower. Uh, no, no, no. It, well, okay, okay, okay. So I was at locals yesterday, and one of the guys I went to locals with was running prank kids, and he was running sixteen starters because he was running three of each of the kids, three place, and a terraforming. He managed to not open any starters out of thirteen games played, about five or six times. Jesus, no, no. He did prank not have kids, a good day. No kids, no field spell. No kids, no field spell. Jesus. Yeah. This deck, though, is it's a really good deck because, in theory, your ability to open full combo should be there like, like I said, 90 plus percent of the time. Yeah. You should open combo because it's all one card combos. So if you can open one card combos 90% of the time, then pretty good place to be yeah yeah and then you can just fill the rest of your deck with defense and maybe have a couple of blowout cards and then you just kind of win the game from there oh yeah um the next deck is virtual world um the thing that obviously stands apart here is that 
Over there, they still have one True King for some reason. Yep. Still got the one VFD. Right. Um, This one is still running Ultimize Zulkin, even though he's not running any of the fusion. Oh, well, he's running Crystal Wing. Okay, that's why. Oh, okay. Okay, so you run <clears throat> one Ultimize Zulkin. You can do Crystal Wing. You can do VFD stuff. You can do uh, your Stardust Charge Warrior plays. You can do Constellar Ptolemy M7. Um, there's a lot of versatility here. I lost to this deck yesterday. Um, the biggest difference over there is that they have two E-Telly and obviously Maxi. Yeah. Um, it's interesting to me that everybody over there is running the Gamma package. I mean, everybody's running the Gamma package. So. I guess the reduction to two made made them, uh, made them say, oh, hey, this is more easily fits in my deck now. Yeah, um, the interesting, the really interesting thing about this is that this, this metagame report, this is the first week that Zhang Zhang is legal. Legal. And the first week that it's legal, 15% of the metagame. Flunderese also made a top cut, made, made the top cut on debut, but way smaller, a third of the amount. Yeah, uh, I... I think that that with with the Zhang Zhen though the numbers is a is a lot of new is a lot of new toy syndrome because that's that's going to happen. Yeah, but you would think that with Flunderese too. Yeah, you, you would think it'd be more comparable. But then I think this also shows the the different power levels of the two decks. It might be that Flunderese has a higher like it's easier to pilot, so it's easier to pick up and learn, but doesn't output boards near as powerful as say a uh a uh whatever day floor well and the other thing is that the zhang jang they have uh chi zhao the zhang jang grand Swordmaster. yeah with the baroness day fleur and which both have negation effects so they yeah. can put out boards of multiple negates and compared to flunderies who's who don't really put out negates they fo- they focus more on uh uh putting uh continuous effects on the field to keep your opponent from special summoning, right? From shutting your opponent down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the thing about specifically the um the thing specifically about the Zhang Zhang to me that's interesting is that even though they they're a synchro eight spam deck, they don't run any links, and as a result. Even though they synchro into eight with ease, they can't really run Borlet Savage, which is disappointing. It's interesting. Again, though, it's a synchro deck, not a link spam deck that can synchro. Right, right. Yeah. Um, and all of this is really—it's interesting to me because it's very different from the previous metagame reports. Obviously, with the introduction of Flunderies and Zhang Zhang, it changes kind of everything about the metagame over there. But before this, you have Virtual World taking up almost 20% of the meta. Prank Kids around 10. Drytron around 7. Tri-Brigade around 7. I mean, you have decks like Tri-Brigade just completely power crept out of the meta over there. Oh, yeah. And then other decks like uh, Virtual World are still running around. Not quite at full power because they only get one VFD. Uh but still running around with some ridiculous nonsense. Right, right. And you know what? It's going to be nice seeing a single monster that isn't Borload Savage. Honestly. You know, I, I really don't... I kept telling myself since we got back into the game 
that I haven't really loved. Um, I haven't really loved synchro decks, but honestly, I kind of just feel like I kind of feel like it's okay if there's no uh, if there's no Borlord Savage. I mean, sure, they still you have to still have boards with Negates to deal with, but yeah, but Dark, it's not, War, Dark Roller No More handles that. Yeah, but also it's not Borlord Savage. I'm right. You know, it's something different. It's you know diversity. Yeah, it's a little more diversity in the in the synchros outside of I'm just going to make Borlord Savage over and over. Oh no, you stopped my Borlord Savage. I'm just going to make Chaos Roller now instead. Right. Alright, so that's pretty much it for the OCG metagame report. Uh, like I said, all this information came from roadoftheking.com. It is a wonderful resource. Uh, if you have any questions, feel free to hit us up. Um, let's go ahead, go on ahead and take a very short ad break. And we will move on into the... Some very underrated decks, we think. Right. Alright, so this next bit comes in as I say a suggestion from a listener, Sean, on Twitter. Thank you so much. We love to hear from our listeners, so shout out to you. We really appreciate it. Um, what we're going to talk about today a little bit is the underrated decks of the format. So we've thought about this a little bit, and we think that when this was suggested... It was really meant like deep dive stuff that is, um, he was more talking about stuff that doesn't see play because they've been written off entirely. Yeah. Um, I think he was talking more like for hires and UAs. Yeah. Something like that. Right. And those are underrated decks. But when I see this underrated archetypes i i think i always think about things from like a competitiveness standpoint being just like i'm a really competitive player i I like to go to lots of tournaments i like to you know i like to pilot meta decks right now i'm on um i'm on i'm on tri brigade you know at different times i've been on drytron i've been on uh zulich i'm always on something really meta so that's just kind of how i think about this so some of the things that just I mean just immediately pop into my mind are um, some something like uh, the water deck, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like Mermail, Deep Sea, Atlantean, water. Uh, yeah, it's a bunch. It's a bunch of archetypes that are just kind of mashed together that are all water attribute centric. Right. So, um, the cool thing about this water deck is that. Yes, it was a top-tier deck in 2013 and 2014. And in a lot of people's minds, it's been power crept. So you haven't really seen any relevance from this deck in several years. But the deck is still very playable. It still has a great tuner package. You can run Hockey Fibrax. You can do a lot of link climbing. Um, if you want, you can run Mulan Glacier. You can go for a hand rip on turn zero. To take a couple cards out of your opponent's hand. Um, you can really end on some imposing boards. And that's not even where the deck shines. The true shine and potential of this deck is in the board breaking. The deck has so much recursiveness. And so much going second power. That you can basically power through any board and just break it. 
Um, whether you want to do a dedicated going second build with dark rulers and lightning storms or, you know, droplets, whatever. Or if you just want to, you know, go for the go for the kill. Uh, whatever you want. It's very doable here. And the deck, it's really underrated. It's a good deck and it just hasn't seen play in several years now because of a lack of attention. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm pretty sure that if, if more and more people would actually pick look at the deck or even maybe pick it up for locals, um, people there'd be a lot more. What's the word I'm looking for? A lot more uh, adjustments? No, innovation. There there'd be some innovation with the deck. Might, might come up with some with some new, one or two new combos, one or two new combo pieces, that kind of thing. Um, but again, you know, very few people actually bother with have actually bothered with the deck in many many years. So, right, right. Also, um, it can run Gozen Match, I just realized. Unfortunately, yes, it absolutely can. <laughs> um, it's, I don't know, I, I still think it's a good deck. It's a, it's an extremely, extremely, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's non-linear. Yeah. So, the hands in the deck, play, every hand plays differently, and you truly have to understand everything about what's going on before you go into it. Oh yeah, um, the same, you know, two card combo can have like the same, you know, opening starting with the same one or two cards can end in five or six different possible wards. Oh, for sure. All based on you know what combination of stuff you search and special summon and blah blah blah. Yeah, it's it's there's a lot of interesting directions that you can go with the deck, but I, I do think the deck has a very high skill ceiling. And it still has a very high power ceiling, even in today's day and age. So, uh, that was the first deck I wanted to talk about. What, give me a deck that you want to talk about. Uh, well, I wanted to discuss Plunder Patrol, if we want to stick with the water theme. Okay, alright, so tell yeah. us some stuff about Plunder okay, Patrol. Okay, so the whole point you stick behind the Plunder Patrols is all the monster, all the uh, main deck monsters are all the pirates. And their whole shtick is, you target one of your opponent's monsters with an attribute, obviously... Uh, then special summon one of the ships out of your extra deck that match the attribute. And right now, they only have three of the attributes. I want to say dark, light, and fire, I think. Okay. Uh, but, like, uh, but like the uh, one's a fusion, one's a single, one's exceed. The exceed one uh, is as long as it has a plunder patrol monster equipped to it. Whenever they're some on summon, they equip a plunder patrol monster to them. Um, it becomes... Cosmic Cyclone. Just straight up Cosmic Cyclone without the life point cost. Okay. Um, let's see. The Synchro... I don't quite remember what the Synchro does. Uh, but basically, I look at these ridiculous effects, and the only limitation on them is that your opponent has to have the correct attribute on board uh, mm-hmm. for you to properly summon the correct um, uh, ship out of your extra deck. Uh, pulling it up now so I can read these effects. No, no, you're good. You're good. Uh, and the other thing that's really interesting to me about the plunders is okay. There's two other things about this particular deck is that one, most of the ingredients for this deck are gonna get reprinted in the 2021 Megatons, and the only one that's really like a new card that just got printed this year just came out of Lightning Overdrive. It's a support card for the archetype. Uh, I think it was one of the new ships, and it is also really good. Uh, no, it didn't get a new ship. It got uh, Black Eyes, the 
Sea Guide. Okay, yeah, but that that card really does help the deck a lot. Oh yeah. Okay, so Black Eyes, uh, the Sea Guide. Uh, you can target a Planet Patrol monster in your graveyard, except itself. You cannot special monster for the rest of the turn except Planet Patrol monsters. Oh no. Also, special summon this card from your hand. If you do, add the target to your hand. So it lets you recur your spent your uh, your spent other uh, Plunder Patrols like White Beard or Blue Beard or Red Beard or Golden Hair. I mean, that's that's awesome for the deck. Oh yeah, just near infinite recursion. It's wonderful. Um, also, if this card is is sent from the hand or Monster Zone to the graveyard, target a Plunder Control card in your Spell and Trapper Zone. Special summon in defense position. Interesting. So it lets you get back the monsters equipped to your ships. Okay, so speaking of the ships, so we have Planet Patrol Bran, who is the Fire Synchro. Um, all other fiend monsters gain 500 attack. You can discard a Planet Patrol card, any Planet Patrol card, to tar- then target one one spell or trap your opponent controls, banish it, then add a Planet Patrol monster from deck to hand. So this is just banish any spell or trap for a cost of one card out of your hand, and then just immediately replace it. Right. Which is ridiculous. This is a quick effect if this card is equipped with a Plunder Control card. So you can only, and you can only use it once per turn. Um, like I said, it's a quick effect. Uh, it's a straight space uh, cosmic cyclone with a body. Uh, and then you have Lisp, who is the fusion, um, who just lets you special summon a Plunder Patrol monster card from your hand or from your spell and trap card zone. As its primary effect. In addition, when your opponent's monster activates effect, ne- discard a Plunder Patrol card, negate, destroy it, and then if it's equipped with a Plunder Patrol card, add another Plunder Patrol card from your deck to your hand. Hmm. Uh, the Ixseed, uh, Moark, who is dark. The fusion ship is light. The Moark, is, like I said, is the dark seed. Uh, discard one Plunder Patrol card, target one effect monster opponent controls, banish it. Then you can add a Plunder Patrol Spell Trap from deck to hand. This is a quick effect if it is, if it is equipped with a Plunder Patrol. Um, in addition, if a Plunder Patrol card you control be controlled by a Battler card effect, attach one instead. Uh, and then finally we got Blackbeard himself, who is quick effect, target effect, monster control, special money, Plunder Patrol monster from your extra deck with the same attribute as a monster your opponent controls or in their graveyard. And if you do, equip this target to it and draw a card. And that's a and that's on a link two. That's awesome. Oh yeah, just lots and lots of just constant discard search, discard search, discard search, while also popping your phone opponent stuff. The only limitation is your opponent has to have a dark light or fire monster on field. Hmm. Which you think would be a problem. But light and dark are two of the most common attributes of monster in the game. And also the kaijus exist. Right. Well, kaijus exist. Um, you can run in- the interdimensional kaiju. If you want dark, you have to run the interdimensional kaiju. But for fire and light, you have other options that aren't kaiju. You have lava golem. You have mystic raw ball. Uh, actually, those are the only other two options. <laughs> but you have but you have other options that aren't kaijus. Um, right. Yeah. With fire, you still also have dogaran. Uh, for light, you have the met kaijus uh, and. King Ghidorah. I don't remember what the actual kaiju name is. For you that have one. options. Yeah, you have all kinds of options where you just give your opponent the correct attribute that you need and do your thing. Right. And then out it with your own cards. <clears throat> would a Nibiru token do the trick? A Nibiru token would 100% do the trick because it is light. Nice. 
So that would get get you the Synchro, who has banished one of your opponent's monsters. Right, so that clears the token, and then you go in. Yep. That's a really interesting deck. Uh, what do you think is the competitive viability of that deck? Um, at the moment, you're kind of relying you're kind of reliant on your opponent running a Dark Light or Fire deck, which right now the most common decks are Drytron, Tri Brigade, and Prank Kids. Prank Kids. Uh, Prank Kids has the opportunity for Fire, but it's not guaranteed. Drytron is light, so that's great. Tri Brigade. Has the opportunity for fire, but it's not guaranteed. Fire and dark. And earth. And well, earth. It doesn't matter with the earth. It's yeah. dark, light, and fire. But with the dark, though, that's almost they're almost always in on a board where they can have Shurag on board. Right. But they also wait for the Shurag. To, they prefer to revolt with Shurag, from what I've seen. Yeah, but you can uh, you can hit them somewhere around where the Bear Brum is, because the Bear Brum is fire. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, like keep the Bear Brum on board, then you have access to the fusion ship. Um... You know, if they do revolt into Shurag, then you have access to your Dark Ship as well, and that'll out the Shurag. Right. You got options there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. It's not. A, it's not a bad deck. It's competitive. Oh yeah. Um. Again, its biggest issue is that it, it, let's say your opponent knows you're playing the deck, and then just kind of opts to not pick those cards. Mm-hmm. You're you're pretty much limited to giving your opponent a kaiju to be able to play. So, the next deck that I want to talk about, for me, is Ad Emancipator. So, I know a lot of you hear Ad Emancipator, and your immediate thought is, Ugh, we had a whole format with Ad Emancipator, that deck's horrible, Block Dragon, But, I mean, Block Dragon's gone. Right, Block Dragon's been gone for almost a year now. The deck is basically a glass cannon now. The deck, if you're on pure Ad Emancipator, you still have the power to put up a great multi-negate board if your opponent has no interruptions. Yeah. The issue is, if you're with no block dragon, you cannot recover. You, you just don't have the recovery plays. Um, Gallant Granite's a good card, and realistically... So is Kwaki Mirror Guardian, and you have other things that you can do to try. You have other, you know, peripheral support cards. But uh, at the end of the day, um, with no block dragon, the deck just doesn't have the power to. Uh, it has return. no. It has no follow through. Pretty much, yeah. Um, so what a lot of people have started doing to replace that follow-through is giving it a more consistent start engine, which would be the Prank Kids engine. Because Roxy's is a rock type. Exactly. So this is what's really interesting to me, is the Prank Kids at Emancipator deck. I think that it is a very underrated deck in the meta. Um, Realistically, I think pure Prank Kids is the better deck. But... If you're more interested in going into more of a combo-heavy line, then I think that you might be more interested. If, if you want combo, then I think the Adam Emancipator, I mean, the Adam Emancipator version of Prank Kids is definitely the more combo-heavy deck. Yeah, it's a more combo than a mid-range control deck. Exactly. So, so your pure Prank Kids is like a mid-range control deck, like you said. It wants to 
nuke your field every turn, you know, just try to keep you off of board presence, and then just go in for the kill. Whereas the Adamantipator version of Prank Kids is more interested in building a multi-negate board with like Crystal Wing Synchro or Boardload Savage and maybe a Dweller and it, I mean, whatever it wants, basically. Um, the, the cool part about that deck is that it has the versatility to kind of change what it does depending on the opponent and your end board can be different depending on which opponent you're playing. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it, it's uh, oh yeah, it, it's got lots and lots of potential there still, absolutely. even without Block Dragon. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I still think Adam Emancipator is realistically a good deck. I, I just don't think it's seeing any play because um, all the competitive players want to play things like Tribrigade and Drytron, and the non-competitive players probably don't want to pay out forty dollars for the Adam Emancipator researchers. Yeah, but it's still a popular deck in the OCG. It's still a popular deck on Dueling Book, um, and you need to be ready f- to see it because if it if you see it and you don't have the correct interruptions at the correct spots, that deck will chew you up and spit you out. Honestly, it it really puts you in between a rock and a hard place, doesn't it? Ha! <laughs> uh, <laughs> I hate that. I hate that you said that just there. Too bad. I already said it. Too late. Okay. So, it's going to rock in a hard place. That's that's tough. All right, so what is the last deck you want to talk about? Well, before we move on to the last deck, I I got to say that I, I guess that I guess that pun was really gritty. Keep it going. Keep it going. Let's see what, let's see how many more All right, can crack um, out here. Let's see. Man, uh, they really make man, it really makes me say it with a gravelly voice. I guess I'm really not rock and rolling with these, am I? Are these puns getting harder? Uh, I mean, Diamond isn't, unbra- I mean, Diamond is not Crash. JoJo reference. Oh, yeah, see, I've, I've I, never. I slid that JoJo reference in there. <laughs> see, I, I've never, I have no idea about anything about JoJo's Bizarre Oh, Adventure. season four is called Diamond is not Crash. The proper translation is Diamond is Unbreakable. Wow. It, yeah, so I slid that JoJo reference in there. Okay, last deck <laughs> uh, is, uh, in my opinion, Madolce, actually. Um. Yes, I will admit I'm a little biased because I'm currently since I pretty much have that deck built. I just need like one or two more cars, and I have the deck fully built. I mean, the deck is playable at the moment. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I've got it up and running and playable. Uh, at this point, the all uh, the cards I would be adding is just to add a little more consistency. I mean, the deck runs one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine possible starters. Um, and then if I open Magellan plus Salon. I can just ignore the first hand trap that comes down. Right. Um, particularly, I can ignore Nibiru uh, by going normal summon Magellan, effective Magellan, search for Magellan, activate Salon, normal summon Magellan, search petting, go into uh, Reflasia. So, for somebody that doesn't know about the combo lines of this deck, for somebody that doesn't really know what this deck does, um, what is the end goal of this deck just like a just madolce for beginners what what is your goal what, okay. what is you know the okay end result? So, you, so your end goal is most is going to be if you're going first setting up a board of fresh cyst heart and teacher with uh your field spell uh chateau ticket and salon salon and uh 
Padolce Promenade set. Okay. So, uh, Sis, Fresh Sis Tart protect as long as she's pointing at a Madolce monster, protects all your Madolce spells and traps. They can't be targeted, and they can't be destroyed by card effects. Okay. They can still be hit with Cosmic Cyclone. Well, no, they can't be hit with Cosmic Cyclone. They can still be like, um, uh, Zeus away because it doesn't target. It's non-targeting. It's in right, the graveyard right. stuff like that. They'll still get hit by, but it protects your spells and trap for your face up Madolce spells and traps are being targeted or destroyed by card effects. Um, teacher lets you trigger salon and ticket. Uh, salon lets you set a medulatory spell or trap. Ticket lets you, uh, add to your hand or special summon medulatory if you control a fairy. Uh, anyway, the whole point is it gets you, it gets your board into a state to where your opponent will get one or two things because medulatory promenade is in the gate on top of recurring a resource. Right. <laughs> And then turn two, your turn two, going in front of OTK. If you're going second, it's to your whole plan is to break their board via non-targeting send back to deck with uh t- with a uh, Madolce Queen Todd and Masu, and then just OTKing with with three three K beat sticks. Right, right. Or two two K beat or two three K beat sticks and a two K beat stick. Either way, your goal is to OTK. Right. So um, it's, it's you can. Build a board with multiple interruptions as well as OTK your opponent. Yep. That's pretty good. Oh, yeah. Um, it, now, the deck does have a does require a lot of figuring out how to use the one pudding sess in deck. Because you only get one. Well, you can run multiples, but it's most efficient to only run one. Uh, because then what you can do is on your next turn... Make T uh overlay uh chocolate mode on top of uh, teacher, mm-hmm. and then attach the pudding cess to it because pudding chocolate mode only gets her special summon from deck effect if she has a teacher attack, if she has pudding cess attached. Okay, it, it's a lot of man. It's a lot of resource management, but the deck also, like let's say your opponent does destroy one of your main deck modalities, they just go right back to the deck. Right, right. Um, and then they can actually cause you to plus off of ticket and uh. And uh, Salon. So. Also, the deck doesn't. Ca- also, if you open Salon plus Magellan, the deck also does not give a flying flip about Winda. So, uh, where do you think realistically the deck sits in the competitive sphere? Oh, probably like real low tier two. Okay. Um, because because the deck r- suffers pretty hard from. Oh dear God! Please no! At please no! No Yamate Ash Senpai. Yeah. Please, dear God, no Ash Senpai. Um, Ash Blossom just kind of shuts the deck down. Um, you would think Droll and Lockbird would, but no, it's Ash, very specifically. That's tough. Yeah. Um, the reason why is because the deck only searches once, maybe twice, if you do Ticket early. So if you can catch those early... Um... Like, if you Ash the Magellan, or... The petting, if you ask the Magellan or the Petting Sessor, you've probably shut the deck down pretty hard. Right. Um, yeah, uh, unless they summon Magellan and then pet, and then they already have the Petting Sessor in hand and you ask the, the Magellan and then they kind of shrug and keep going anyway. Um, like, if they normally summon Magellan, it comes down to do they have the Salon in hand? Do they have the Petting Sessor already in their hand? What else do they. Because depending on what they have in the hand, they could just not care. Right, right. Um, and the only time they ever search to add from deck to hand is Magellan and Ticket. Mm-hmm. 
everything else is special summon from deck or set directly from your deck uh, with salon and spells and traps. Right. It's it's a really interesting deck that I think. I, I mean, I hate to keep saying it, but I also think this deck is very underrated for the reason of um, it, it's really not seeing any competitive play. Um, the only competitive play that it's seen recently, they had one top thirty-two at the YCS, and they had one top at an extravaganza in Europe about six months ago. Oh yeah. So you could say that the deck is like it's not overwhelming, it's not underwhelming, it's just kind of whelming. Yeah, which is a word, by the way. But I think that the the real way to look at it is um the representation numbers are honestly not just just not really there. Um you just have you have a select few people playing the deck. Uh and those select few people really believe in the deck's abilities. Right, right. So, I think that's pretty much going to wrap that segment up. Now, th- we did have a couple of honorable mentions. Um, we did want to talk about Pure Dragon Maid and Infernoble. Infernoble is a deck that I don't really know if you can call it underrated anymore because it's seen some recent competitive success. But even without Smoke Grenade and even without Link Cross, that deck is still really viable. Um, its combos are a little bit more fragile, but the real issue is that it's kind of a big brain deck. It's super non-linear. You have lots of different branching combo paths you can go through. You really have to know what you're doing with the deck. Yeah. Um, and the other one is Pure Dragon Maid. I have a personal vendetta against this deck. I took, some, I took a really hard L to it not long ago. Yeah. And I haven't really recovered from it. But... It is okay. We will. Um, we'll probably cover it in another in another right. episode. Uh, so that'll pretty much wrap us up for today's episode. Sorry, that's a bit shorter of an episode, guys. But turns out when there is no announcements and no news, it is hard to make yep. content. Um, Konami, please stop just going. Hey, check out this really cool picture of this card, and not telling us the name or what it does or anything. It's really pretty frustrating. Like not like not even from a uh, not even from a content creator standpoint, just from a player base standpoint. I want to know what this does. I don't like. I want more than a picture. I yo. want more than a picture, man. Give me an idea on what it can do, and not something something as vague as it saves the souls of monsters. For real. Like, are you talking about the banished zone? Are you talking about the the graveyard? Are you just talking about lore stuff that it's never going to be touched on? So. I think, in conclusion, we want to thank everybody for listening to today's episode of the podcast. We want to ask you to please follow us on Twitter at Top Cut Podcast. Follow Caleb at JamTheMan17. You can follow myself at DatChumley. We want to ask that you be sure to like and follow us on whatever whatever platform you're listening. Whether you're listening on iTunes, whether you're listening on Spotify... Whatever you're using to listen to the show, please make sure to like. If you're listening on YouTube, you know, go ahead and subscribe. Uh, if you're listening on YouTube, heads up, you're a week behind. <laughs> yeah. So if you want the most up-to-date information, be sure to check us out on Spotify and iTunes, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, yeah. mostly. Um, we want to give a huge shout-out to Team Dark Arm Dealings. They are our sister channel over on YouTube. Uh, some other guys from our locals have their YouTube channel. It's there's a lot of great content, a lot of metagame coverage, a lot of deck breakdowns, and it's really good content worth checking out. 
Um, we want to ask that you please uh, let us know how we're doing. Uh, leave us a review or a rating if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, if you're not listening to us on Apple Podcasts, just hop over there and do the review anyway. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to listen to us on Apple Podcasts. You already listen to us here. You don't got to tell them yet you listen to it somewhere else. Exactly. So if you could just go ahead and drop all that, drop us the likes and like reviews and the ratings. It means the world to us and it helps us out a ton. And I think that'll wrap us up. You got anything else, Caleb? Uh, yes, actually. Medal Chicken Run goes and match, as you've just recently experienced. Oh, Lord. Right before the podcast, we were dueling, and he goes and matched me. And it's a good thing there were no time rules, because that match went like an hour and a half. Yeah, of just draw, pass, draw, pass. Okay, I activate Twin Twister, targeting my own goes and match. Attempt to go off. You stop me. Oh, Philip a second goes and match. <laughs> Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> Anyway, take care, everybody. Y'all have a good one, y'all. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code GLOW.